Dormius, not Dormius, like my my Ohio ignorance thought it was. Uh, we're we're live. We're playing with the YouTube. What was it called, Gil? Get YouTube together, live together, or something like that. Live together, and uh, Gil is. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've watched your videos, and I am of the opinion that you're more video oriented than audio oriented. But it seems to be close. It's close. I'm more video oriented than audio, but I like both. Yeah. I was just watching one the other day and it was, uh, or maybe it was today and you were using a, a sure, uh, shoe mounted device that you had an SM seven B ran into. And I was like, that actually sounds really good. Yeah. It's, it saves me lots of time because before I would carry around a, uh, H4N pro, to capture the audio or a, a roadcaster pro and that's yeah. like a big clunky uh apparatus to carry around so i figured hey if i can just get the xlr right into the camera baked right in there it kind of saves me a lot of time in post and saves my back because i don't want to carry a bunch of equipment no doubt and you do that you you seem to do a lot of on the road podcast video recording and and among other things i don't do a lot of that i'm very minimalistic i have this little task cam dr10x it's like a little plug-on recorder and i usually have that in my carry bag and a microphone so i can just walk around and do all that but yeah you you uh from your videos it's like full pro is what i see yeah it's oh thank you appreciate that it's more yeah super pro and it's just me uh, nobody else. Everybody's just a prop. In the yeah. <laughs> How'd you, um, well, I'll explain a little bit. Like me and Gil, we connect on Twitter. Uh, thanks, Elon Musk, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so we, we connect on Twitter. And it's uh, w- what I love about this whole thing, which I'm not a big YouTuber. I'm a small YouTuber. But just the, the connections like that you can make. And I was just telling Gil, I'm from Ohio. And I don't connect with a lot of people here. I don't have things in common with people people don't quite understand why i'm into what i'm into they they just don't get it like you like microphones that's weird you know that's just strange why do you like microphones like i don't know i can't explain it i I, I held one and i was like oh why do i like this so much but uh the cool thing about you know youtube and creator content and all that stuff is like you just cross paths with people and uh I don't even know how I started following you. I assume it was Tom Buck. Like you popped up because Tom commented on something of, and I'm nosy. So I'm like, what's Gil do? And I see what Gil does. And I'm like, I like Gil. So I hit follow and it just kind of steamrolls from there. But uh, I, what, what started, what started your content creation journey? I guess I'm, I'm curious. Cause I want to know more about Gil than I do the video questions I have for, for later, assuming you've got a few minutes, but. Yeah, uh, that's a great. It's always Tom. Tom always seems to connect all the creators together. Such but, a nice guy. Yeah, but for me, I think it's always just been I'm I'm just a creative person. I like drawing. I like writing, comic books. Uh, I did a few animations back in the day, and for me and a lot of people, I think it's just church. Church is kind of like the the catalyst for videographers or photographers. Here's a big building with a bunch of people. And we need to film it. We need to live stream it. And I had the opportunity to do that. And I just kind of left that scenario and just started doing photos for people. My first ever camera is a Nikon J1. It's a micro four thirds 
three white white one yeah white square body yeah so white square body and that was on my gofundme back in like 2000 like seven or eight i really wanted that camera then i walked into a thrift store and i found it with the body by itself no lens and it was like marked 300 but red that means like discounted or something so i walk up to the register i was like what does this mean she's like oh it's 20 bucks i was like there's no way there's no way there's like I, I promise. So I went ahead and bought it. I went to, went to Amazon, bought the batteries, bought a lens, and I went back to the store to show the young lady, hey, this is, it, it worked. It's just that you didn't understand that, hey, this is just a camera body. Yeah. And from there, I started doing pictures with that tiny Michael Forther. I don't know if the camera shows you how big I am, but I'm a big guy. And here's this tiny little camera I'm doing. Uh, bar mitzvahs, baby showers, cute little photo shoots. And there was at one point somebody said, hey, I can't really take you serious because you have this tiny little cute camera. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I got, it, it jumped into the Nikon space. My first Nikon uh, mirror, mirrored camera is the uh, D3200. Got that. Loved it. Jumped into the uh, seminar game where I started filming seminars. And that kind of pushed me into video editing. And like, okay. I got to get, I got to stop using iMovie because iMovie's holding me back. I'm doing these four hour, eight hour seminars. And then I jumped into uh, full frame by getting my Nikon D750. And obviously with the Nikon space, you don't really have unlimited recording. So my first Sony camera was a Sony A7S II and I hated it. It was a gift and I hated using it. It's just that it made my job easy. And then shortly after, I just went full Sony. And then I started doing YouTube videos and TikTok videos and Instagram. And now we're here. Now we're here. That that You brought that up. I'm curious because I'm, I'm like the place I slack the most is 100% video. I have the utmost respect for people that put the time into it because I'm, I'm just, I don't know about you, but if I'm not fully interested in something, I know I will never be good at it. Like I've got to love something to actually know that I can go somewhere with it and where I can't quite get myself into video. I don't do enough research either. Like one thing holding me back is what you were talking about a second ago, which is uh, you, you can't shoot long form. I think you said with Nikon with, with Sony, is there no time limit on some Sony mirrorless? And, and cause I, the, I really don't know. So at, at the time, the Sony a seven S two, it did have a time limit, but there was a hack. It was, I, I just assumed you knew. That's the problem. Like I just assumed nope. you knew. No, I, I am camera dumb. Like literally camera dumb. So I had I hacked my Sony A7S II to enable me to record unlimitedly. So imagine I had three Nikon cameras, a two D3200 crop sensor and one D750 full frame, and they have a 28 minute limit during the seminar. So I would put press record on one record on the other, and then as they go on in a chain, I can just spend a whole seminar running back and forth. Now here's one camera that can record unlimitedly, and that was the Sony A7S II. That saved me a hell of a lot of time, and that's why I invested in uh, the multiple Sony cameras that I have. I have two uh, Sony A7Cs, I have another one right here, and these are my babies. These are quite literally one of my favorite cameras simply because of the form factor. It's tiny, it's small, and it just works and it records unlimitedly. And I think Tom Buck had a podcast recently where he talked about 
buying your camera and the purpose for your camera. And yep. I always had that mentality where I have to do the research. What does this camera do? Uh, how can it help me uh, film podcasts? What do I actually want to film? I want to film people talk for a seminar for four hours. What camera is going to overheat? What camera's not? Can I use a dummy battery? Can I use a USB power bank? And the Sony A7S II at the time, by 2016, 2015, took USB power banks. So that saved me tons of time and energy and stress. And that's just something I always thought about. So for me, when I buy cameras, how can this serve me? That makes sense. Yeah. I, that's My interest level is high enough to where I do look into things a little bit. Do you, do you ever watch Marcus Picks? No, Marcus Picks. Marcus Picks. I don't know. He's a, he's this like really eccentric blonde haired dude with with this supermodel looking wife or girlfriend. I don't know. It, it's a crazy channel. Marcus Picks, but he talks about he's he is a camera fanatic, yeah. and he's just he's so much fun to watch. And he got me kind of into like like I watch your stuff and I watch Tom when he does video stuff and Marcus Picks guy and uh, the camera conspiracies guy. Like I watch all this. Yeah, of course. That's my guy. <laughs> he's awesome. Like, yeah. and he's hilarious and he's quirky and he's, it's just enjoyable. But I, like, I watch all this. I can't tell you how many cameras I've bought. I have bought so many cameras. I've had a ZV-1. I had like a, oh, my dude Bronson at Audio Hotline sent me. He sent me like a Canon M50 maybe. I can't remember exactly, but I've had all these cameras Samsung, uh, NX 3000. I've, I've had all these cameras and I just, I sell them every time. And I'm recording all my videos with a Samsung S 20 FE phone because I just, it just produces something I'm happy with and I can still be dumb, but I, I want to get into it. I really do. I really want to learn and get into it. But every time I start, I'm like, uh, F this, I can't, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, it just doesn't grasp me. Like, Watching other people perfect it, totally interested. Me yeah. trying to perfect it, uh, I'm like, you know, a, a ticked off kid that he didn't get Nikes before school one day. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not wearing those Jordash. You know, I, I want my Nikes. So Nikes to me is like whatever I can point and shoot and it just works. And I really wish I was better at it because I watched some of you guys' videos. and I'm like, God, that's so impressive. Just the quality and the, you know. And I see these camera switches. And for me, camera switching would be like hopping up and pushing a button, sitting down, hopping up and pushing a button. And until you, you've almost convinced me to, to buy one of the black magic, uh, a Yeah. Yeah. That. You know, very so tempted, but I know I'll just sell it. <laughs> no, you sell it. Well, you know what? You said something that made me realize that, um, cause when I got my first couple of handful of cameras, Getting the clients kind of forced me to learn. And sometimes when I'm doing a shoot, I'm actually getting paid to kind of get like a workout in. So it's like as I'm doing the shoot, I'm more so being a professional. Like I can get them the high, the type of quality content that they want to me to, to produce, but I'm taking the opportunity to be like, how can I take this a step further? Let me see this thing that Tony Northup talked about. Let me check out this thing that Gerald undone spoke about 10 bit what the hell is 10 bits why is it better wow this this is pretty cool why is 60 frames better here how do i make slow-mo videos look super slow-mo versus jittery and understanding 24 frames understanding 60 frames so then it's like as i'm doing shoots i'm getting reps in and then i realized hey i don't have to get paid to use my camera 
I can just use my camera anytime I want to. I can go out to a park or a beach and stand in there and be like, hey guys, I'm Gil. I'm gonna be better. <laughs> and this is, and I started doing that. And people are like, dude, this is your quality's getting better. And it's just repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah. That must be my problem. Cause like even when my wife is, you know, we go somewhere and she's like, take pictures. And I'm like, why can't I just enjoy the moment without pulling my, you know, pulling a camera out? I, I guess I do have some deep rooted issues for some reason that, to, that makes me biased against cameras, but I really don't want to be because I love watching you guys' stuff. And I'm like, I want to do that. I just can't get myself to do it. You just have to do it. I mean, I, for me, I really love Nikon. I really love the color. So when I first got my Sony cameras, my mission was get the color, create a, a color profile that matches the Nikon. And then I realized that I really just like my Sony because it's very customizable. Like all these buttons in the back kind of have their own little thing that I programmed. And it's really cool for somebody to just pick up my camera and be like, that doesn't do that. This does this. And I set it up this way. Like my whole podcast production is one wide shot, one other shot. Then here's like a rolling shot. And each camera has their own particular lens, focal length. And I understand where each camera is and why each camera is there. And it's, like I said, repetition. Once you start doing it, you start becoming more familiar with it. So what, what's uh, what's a YouTube channel you're watching now that you really love their style? Oh, man. Besides, uh, besides Gil. I mean, I, I'm not saying this just because we're like buddies, but Bronson at Audio Hotline. I don't know if you've watched any of his stuff or not. Um, He's he's very audio focused, but the dude loves video. And there's just something about his video production, especially for like a talking head video that just to me is top notch. So him, um, I love the Marcus Picks guy. You gotta check that guy out. He is he's he's a strange cat, man, but in such a good way. Like he's just such an interesting character. And he's um I not not to not to paint a weird picture, but by looks, the dude lives in an absolute baller mansion. I mean, this place is like whoa. It, I it's seen a, before. I thought this guy was obnoxious. I love him. He's. I mean, he's strange. I mean, he's quirky and odd. And and like the first couple times I watched him, I was like, I don't know if I can handle this this stuff. And I kept watching him. I was like, okay, he's really endearing somehow because the dude obviously just is loaded, but he is so happy to shoot film with a Sony CX 405 camcorder and just talk it up about he's, he's kind of a value guy, kind of a, I mean, he's got tons of equipment. I know he uses the best of the best, but he also enjoys using really random stuff to try to make cool recordings with. And, and he's just really, he's interesting. He's like my spirit animal. If I was going to be a camera guy, just cause I'm my whole thing is the obscure mics, the oddball mics and, stuff you could find for 10 or 20 bucks that would get the job done. So he appeals to me in that way because he's introduced me into, a, I, I use a little camcorder, a Sony CX430, and I, I really like camcorders, so he speaks to me a little bit on that level. They may not look as good as the Sonys and stuff, but they, they don't, but they're just fun to use. Yeah, uh, I really like this guy. I've seen an old video of his, and I thought, this guy is just over the top. He yeah. is. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I subscribe. I'm trying to find the one that I watched a while ago. But I was like, yeah, this guy has the information. I think it was a C-stand or tripod explanation or something like that. 
But yeah, uh, I feel like you have all the tools that you need. You just have to figure out which one works for you. And if it's camcorders, let's do it. Uh, yeah, I w- yeah, I've yet to see a cam, especially Tom Buck's video where he did the camcorder. Did you watch that one? Like, why aren't camcorders more popular? Like, I could tell a pretty sizable difference and even the best video camera he was using versus his Sony, you know, mirrorless. I was like, man, that's crazy. Cause like you would think once you get up into that two, three, four, five thousand dollar range on a video camera, you would think the gap would start closing, but I haven't seen it. So it worries me a little bit. I'm like, do I just keep using my Sony CX430 that looks okay? Or do I really want to spend a ton of money to get quality that's not as good as Gil or Tom or a lot of these guys using, you know, Sony's and Nikon's and all that. So my whole thing is I just had a conversation today with a friend of mine and we were going over Keith Lee. You ever heard of him? I've heard the name. Yeah. Yeah. He's a huge uh, TikToker and he uses like some generic Android phone. He just hit 10 million subscribers or followers on TikTok and he's growing on YouTube. He has a deal with Chipotle and a bunch of other restaurants. He's just this uh, guy who's a former boxer and he shares his life story and he vlogs. Very Casey Neistat-esque, but not the running around with the skateboard. He's just this guy with a story. He talks about his life and the chair of his like two-year-old. His, his two-year-old has like some kid chair. He sits in the same corner and just records consistently and he just provides value and story. And I learned a lot just by looking at his stuff. Like his content doesn't, it's not appealing. Like the quality is not appealing. It's all about story. It's it's really all about the story. And I'm pretty sure if you got a camcorder that was just just regular run of the mill Godox or Young Nuo brand, you could make some dope content, but it's, it's really all about the story and providing value. And that's one thing that I want to start doing. Like I really love filming I could turn this. I could turn all my lights on in my Sony A7 IV with my lens on, and then do nothing. And it has it has happened. So I have to kind of go back to the drawing board, literally, and say, what is the purpose of all this? What do I want to convey? Um, these people that are watching, what is the purpose of them watching me? Like you picked, you clipped the video, you want something out of it. And what is it? I mean, you could you can be this guy, you know, Marcus picks. Look at all Marcus picks videos. They're filled with value like he tells you what he's going to be talking about in the video and he just films it with whatever he has yeah yeah that that's pretty much it and see now you're pushing me in the other direction now i'm like no i'm I'm cool i'll just keep using my phones in my camcorder because it's more about the content i want to create and what i want to say and what i'm trying to do but at the same time i'm still jealous of you and tom and everybody else that's producing these uh, you, you know high quality High quality H2O videos. High quality H2O. And, and even for me, like, we could talk after the live and later on the week. Like, my whole workflow, I like to simplify it. Because I used to have a bunch of different stuff, wires everywhere. Now I have the K3M XLR adapter on top of my camera. It fits on all of my Sony cameras. So if I want to vlog with this, this is stuck in the office, I can just pop it on here and I can use my short SM7B. You connect two microphones onto it. Well, two microphones in like one 3.5 millimeter jack. You want to add like soft music in the background. And it's fan diddly tastic. It saves me a lot of time. And that's my whole purpose, like with my workflow, like to simplify things. Like 
like the smallest thing. Like this is an anchor battery bank. Like this thing charges my phone. It's a 20 watt charger. It charges it really fast and it has a plug-in. So I like to simply, so right now my phone is connected to this right here. It also charges so my Mac. power power bank with with the adapter to plug into the wall. Also, I have a crap I'm into. That's probably why I watch your channel. Also, I have a Velcro strap that's attached to my tripod, like the opposite side, and I can charge my Sony A7C while I'm using it. it. For me, it's all about just the modularity and just convenience. And my, but the thing is, I was only able to come up with those solutions by doing, you know, by just working and trying mistakes yeah. and buying a bunch of cameras and making my wife really, really mad. <laughs> my, my, I, I got to hand it to mine. She's somewhat supportive. Like she's, she's, she's cool with it, but you know, I, I do keep, I've got my separate, uh, my separate bank account, my obscure Mike's bank account, my obscure Mike's credit card. And you know, that's uh none of the money that comes from our nine to fives pay for any of that stuff. So I guess that keeps her off my back. But before I forget, I do see the comments and thanks to everybody that's watching. Uh, stop what you're doing. And if you're into video at all, go subscribe to to Gil's channel. Gil will direct you there in just a second. Because, um, you know, audio and video, they, they go hand in hand. So if you're here for the audio, Gil does audio stuff too. Like I'm really interested in that that Sony device. So And that leads me to a question. The uh, What was that called again, Gil? What's the model number? It's the K3M. Okay. That thing is one of the first on-camera like microphone systems that that actually make me want to save up a little money and get. In your opinion, because I hear a lot of conflicting stuff on this, and I want to shout out uh, Kettner Creative. I don't know if you watch Kettner Creative or not, but that guy helped me out. Like I, I get curious and I go down these rabbit holes like, how how much does a camera's mic jack degrade the audio quality? And I start thinking about things like that K3M. And I'm like, that's what that's when I was like, the SM7B sounds perfectly fine on it. And I mean, that is running into your camera jack, right? So like no, in your opinion, okay. Shoe. It runs into the hot shoe, not the uh, multi-interface or whatever. Yeah, it runs right up top there. So okay. it's a signal more so than the analog yeah, so runs right up top, so no wires at all. Gotcha. Now I'm wondering because my CX430 has that multi-interface shoe, so would that work the same way with that K3M? You think the K3M is only Sony? Well, it's a. I mean, my cam, my the camcorder I'm talking about is oh, a Sony. I think and it's so. got the multi-interface shoe or the hot shoe or whatever. So I wonder if that would work for that. It probably would work. Um, I would look. I'll look into it first, though. But yeah, and that K3M adapter, like I said, it works with all the Sonys and it's, I love it. It just saves me a lot of time. Yeah, and that's me too. I try to bake in. I don't, I don't love recording the audio separate and clapping three times or doing, you know, it works and, you know, and it doesn't really take that much longer, honestly. But if, if you're, I don't know. I guess if you're not video editor savvy and you don't splice everything together and like, oh, I accidentally spliced the audio and not the video. Now I've got myself jacked up and you got back buttons and stuff. But I still like to just bake everything in and just have it all as one track. So I totally get that from you with the K3M. I mean, that's what I'm doing now. Everything's ran into my phone. 
the reason I use that Samsung S20 FE is because I can run an interface directly into it. No mic jack needed, just the USB-C port. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see cameras with a USB-C port and a USB-C in. I want to see cameras with uh, internal storage. You know, I want that cameras. Too, yeah. I want cameras that have internal storage and with an operating system. That's like my goal. The Hasselblad came out with one, but I would love to see like, uh, I want to say a bigger manufacturer or more common man's manufacturer like Nikon or Sony to come out with something like that because that Hasselblad is like $10,000, I think. Yeah, can't do that. Yeah. I, I, hell, I I stuttered real bad on the K3M. I was like, ooh, Gil's got me wanting this. Let me pull it up. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no. And it's not that much, but yeah, it is. It's not much, but it's consistently that price, even on Black Friday. Like, I just was like, it's going to drop. Nope, it's just staying right there. How many devices like that have you used? Like, have you have you bought other? Because I've got I've got an on camera Comica device right now that like takes a nine volt battery and you run your, I, I, and I don't I, like it. But the red one or the is like it's like a it's weird gray. Yeah, I have it somewhere. Uh, I had it and it just it just was clunky. It didn't add any other convenience to it. The thing I like about the K three M adapter is that it has a microphone on there, so I can yeah. actually it as a shotgun mic to vlog or capture some like audio outside pretty good quality on that yeah really good quality like it's really good yeah so that's yeah and that's one of those things too like i i love audio but i've not found very many good on-camera shotgun mics like they're okay um but the difference, you know, it, it, to me, it's like if you're not close, vlogging's different. Vlogging, I would think those little shotgun mics work really well. See, I, I've got what Bron- Bronson always sends me stuff. I've got a Deity V4 Pro, I think. Yep. I haven't used it much, and it sounds pretty good, but it definitely sounds better when you're closer. Yeah, uh, I haven't used any Deity products. Like this is the the Rode Video Mic NTG. Like this is like the first. I would say professional shotgun mic I ever bought. Like I've bought several other shotgun mics, like the TAS, what's called TAS Scar 5 SG. Yeah. Scar SG598. So yeah, I think that's it. Cause a lot of people say that one's really underrated and good for the money. And it's really good. I've shot short films with it. I've shot actual commercials. I did an interview with Rick Ross with it. Like it was fantastic. And now how do you get that stuff going? That's what I want to know. How, like, how the heck do you interview Rick Ross? Well, how'd that happen? You don't have to go into full detail, but like, I was getting ready to ask earlier about how many of your clients are repeat customers, how many are one-offs. Oh, so the Rick Ross one was a photo shoot with a photographer friend of mine. So I was an assistant on this shoot. So we drove to Atlanta, and it was at Holyfield's old mansion, that massive estate. And we did the photo shoot, and I became kind of really cool with the. Uh, the guy, the, I guess the manager, the content manager, the one who's in charge of all the photos and videos. And I just was referencing like, well, we're on break. Hey, I, you know, I do podcasts. I do audio stuff. I do all the other cool stuff. He's like, awesome. For the beard oil that we're, we're promoting for this ad, for this photo shoot, we had issues with the audio. Would you, would it be possible for you to record a podcast, you know, like a, not a podcast, but an ad for Rick Ross? And I was like, sure. And I recorded it right then and there. And that radio ad was on the radio, is on the website, it was everywhere. And I edited it on my MacBook Air. 
that's just nice. So for me, like I've always noticed that you have to create the potentiality for that for those type of opportunities. Like you just staying in a room and my buddy said, Hey, just take the picture and I tell you to take the picture. Okay, boss, picture taken. But if yeah. I if I go there and it's like, so Ross, man, you know, I have a podcast, you know, <laughs> that stuff. Hey, I have a beard and I get free oil and I get a bunch of other gigs. And Rick Ross had another venture where he was selling like, um, I think it's like hemp or CBD cigarettes. And because I was in that content creator's manager's mind, hey, Gil, would you be able to take some product photography for us? This is like three years, like three years later, you know, and it's because I put myself in that situation where I'm more, I'm selling myself more than just, hey, I'm just going to do the picture. It's going to be great. Sure. But, you know, you, you're, you're more than who you are. Like, you know, you, you could, you do a lot more than talk about mics. Like you, you're a father, you're a husband, like there's more to you than these microphones. And one thing that I was talking to one of my clients about today uh, during the consultation was getting out of the realm of like your niche. Like it's really cool to talk about mics. It's really cool to talk about lighting, but I really love anime. I love anime. That's, I love, and I love being married. I love my wife. And it's just so weird sometimes where those things kind of push you to be the type of person you are on camera, quite literally anime. I'm Haitian. I'm I'm Haitian American born in from Haiti that forged me to be the person that I am today. But yet we don't talk about it because we talk about mics and it's just, we're more than just our hobbies, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and that's the thing, too. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you, Gil? Uh, 33. 33. Okay. Because I just, I feel like most people I know between the age of 25 and 35, anime is a big part. I think I missed that. Like, I'm 41. So, and I think I was, anime was just right after my time. It was around, but yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't popular with, you know the guys and and people I hung out with, it was more like, you know, Kevin Smith films and Quentin Tarantino films. And then it kind of switched over to, you know, just different stuff. And I, this is a totally random topic, but I was really intrigued the other day and I'm kind of excited, supposed to go watch Creed three this weekend. And I was reading the other day that Michael B. Jordan, who directed it, all the fight scenes were inspired by anime. And I was like, that is, that's going to be, that's going to be different. Like I'm, I'm excited to see this. Yeah, they're all inspired by his favorite anime, which is uh, Naruto, um, which yep. is one of my childhood favorite animes and manga, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, but, but these, but the thing is, I want to say like these are like like anime aside. Like I love country music, I love podcasts, I love rap, I love hip hop. Those mediums just kind of help you become the person who you are. Um, yeah, M- music's huge for me. I mean, it's it's massive, massive. I don't really. There's no there's probably not an hour in the day that passes by the music, you know, it's just got to be on. It's on for me all day at work. It's on, which my dad's a musician. So I'm sure that's part of it, but you know, that's, if there wasn't music, I don't know who I would be. And I don't even play music. I've got guitars, but I'm, I'm terrible. I treat them like I treat cameras. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put it up. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like it's full circle. Like your father being a musician has some hand in play into why you're obsessed with mics. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's my thing. Like him and my brother, they're skilled musicians, multi-instrument musicians. And I'm pretty confident that I could be if I was interested enough in it, but you know, the instrument of choice for me has become these. So 
Yeah. I get that. Like, even for me, like my dad was super into computers. He, he was a writer. He writes, he's into music and he's like, Oh, Gil, you, I'm going to send you to like vocational school while you're in middle school. So you can learn how to use a computer. Uh, I'm like, cool. And ever since then, I've, I just had a high aptitude for computers. Like, I can just get in any situation. And we had a small business where my dad had a carpet cleaning business, but he also provided computer services. So if he went to a home or a property or a hospital, hey, you guys need help with like networking? Like my son does all that crap. And it's just that type of thing where I wouldn't probably be here if my dad wasn't the type of person that said, I think you like computers. I'm like, oh, I, I do. All right. Here, I'm gonna teach you, send you to school and so you can learn how to use computers. Who knows what'll happen? And the next thing you know, the internet and content and photography and all this other cool stuff. So it's amazing. What's your um the do you is that your main income is is your you know the stuff you do with video work? No, is I'm a forklift mechanic, but uh, I knew that. I knew yeah. that from something you had posted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I work on forklifts. I fix uh, uh, DC diesel trucks. I work on that, and I, I do that full time. It's it's super rewarding just working with your hands. And I've made a podcast about this about my creative process. How doing something outside of content creation kind of helps me be a better content creator because it's just I'm outside of that, and I end up coming up with amazing ideas. That's how I knew because that's what I heard. And that was like an episode you recorded like a month or so ago, I think. Month month to two months ago. I think I listened to that one and you were talking about the yeah. how the two intertwine. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 great. Um I've been I've been with this company for about like thirteen years, so it's 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 pretty good. Yeah. See, I'm 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 I wish I could be like that. Like my job's okay. I'm a collections and and uh, director of collections and recovery at a credit union. And it's, it's not rewarding. It, I mean, it's fine. Like it pays the bills, make a good salary, got a pension. It, it's good. But I am, uh, I'm not a career person. Like I want to do this and yeah. I don't want to do anything else. You know, I, I want to do what I love and anything else is just kind of off the table. Like, of course I have to do it cause I have a family and you know, but I really, I don't want to. I do not want to work for anyone else but me. And that's that's the detriment of this journey as a content creator is it's it's completely overtaken everything else that I thought I liked even a little bit. All the way down to fantasy football. I played it for 20 years. I got into this. I quit playing fantasy football. I don't have time for it anymore. Let me tell you, uh, keep that and stay away from clients. I hate working with clients. No problem there, because I'm I am I the older I get, the more get off my lawn I get. And I I can't handle people very much. I can handle all these people that I've met through this because of the common thread. But like I told you before we hopped on this, the Ohio thing, like I just don't have a lot of people around here I relate to. So no problem there. I probably won't have clients anytime soon. Because it they kind of like still the content creation joy. Like I really love learning about mics and lights and using them in different type of ways. And they see that because, hey, I want my videos to look like that. I want you to promote my business and services. And it's people are pretty bad sometimes. So, and it yeah. kind of it kind of steal that joy away from you of creating. And it becomes like you're in your office that you set. This is your domain, and you're creating something that you don't like. <laughs> I'm laughing because somebody some of the comments 
you were just saying people or something like most of the people I will hand it to them. I've gotten really lucky and I want to know your experience too with people that comment like bad experiences, good experiences. Some dude, I, I reviewed this Depu Shang Mike, and I'm sorry that I haven't been responding to comments. I really wanted to talk to Gil tonight, but, uh, this dude said, bro, plug that MF and dynamic Depu. I don't even know what he said, but it was just freaking funny just to read it. Like plug that MF and Depu Shang MF and mofo something like now I'm not going to plug that, that junkie mic. It was fine. But how, what's your experience with, with people on YouTube? Like, commenters have you gotten crappy comments have you has it mostly been positive i don't have a lot of subscribers but i do have a lot of negative comments and it's like yeah. i delete them and and it's a lot of the times it's like hey you said this wrong or you have a speech impediment oh yeah come on sounds so stupid or i had one video where i i i spoke about how i had i missed the wedding shot i did but i didn't so I bought this flash off of Amazon and it was the same day delivery. I needed it right away, did the wedding. And the minute I hit flat to shoot, it didn't trigger. So I kind of finagled my way. Come on, everybody, let's get one more kiss. And then I got the kiss, but I missed the initial kiss. So I made a video about it. And this person on YouTube said, because uh, I vlogged the whole thing. Wow some photographer, how do you miss that? Or something like that. And then, then it was, wow, what type of photographer buys a $20 flash? And then it's, I'm like explaining, no, I, the flash that I got is like $400 and in a breaking the day before. And I was like in the bind and it's just, my wife was like, you don't have to explain anything to these people. They don't matter. It, yeah. It's, it's annoying. It is. Serotonin. I know you were playing. I just thought it was funny. And the depth shing mic was okay. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, we decide to put ourselves out there and make content and all of a sudden we're supposed to be perfect at it. Like apparently that's thing like, but really it's an open platform. Anybody out there commenting on how we mess up, like you are so free to log into your Google account, make a video, upload it, show us how it's done. Like, you know, you, you're free to do it. Nobody paid us to come on here and, and start this. You know, we just, we wanted to try it. We wanted to do it. Maybe it took hold. So it always blows me away when people will take the time to write out some big negative paragraph or take the time to even write anything at all if they didn't enjoy it rather than move on. It still blows my mind to this day that people do that. Like, oh, I hate this. I'm going to, you know, build. What is it? Terry Warfield, YouTuber. No, that one I'm not familiar with. He tweeted something a while ago, and he took a screenshot of a comment, and the, the person said, hey, you have a mistake here at one minute and XYZ seconds. And it was a, he, then he screenshot a bunch of other negative comments. And he's like, it's crazy that you guys are complaining about something that I'm doing for free. Like, I'm filming this. Like, and you're coming to watch it. Like, don't critique me. Like, it's it is what it is. It's not that yeah. big. So. That's the that's the wonderment of the internet. You know, everybody gets their their opinion and their keyboard warrior moment and and all that. So it it it's fine. A lot of the times, the comments give me. You know, they can be funny sometimes. Like if somebody's skilled at being a troll. Which what's up, Liberty dude? You're not a troll at all. But I mean, it's. Some some people are really skilled trolls. I've got a buddy of mine who is absolutely 
an online troll and he does it because it makes him happy and I get it. And I'm like, dude, somebody's going to kick your ass so bad one day. Like somebody's going to destroy you and you'll deserve it. You know? Uh, uh, you ever watched uh, How I Met Your Mother? I, Gil, started doing a podcast, not about How I Met Your Mother, but I started recording in my car and I rigged up a microphone to my old crap handle and I've got a little interface on my dash and all the wires ran and a phone mounted. I record myself talking about stuff on my way to and from work. It's, it's my new therapy session. And I kid you not the episode I released yesterday, I was gushing about Jason Siegel and this new show called shrinking on Apple TV and oh, it's so, I'm only two episodes in, but I am so addicted already. It's so, it's and so, how I met your mother is one of my favorites of all time. I adore that show. So in the bro code, uh, Barney Stinson's bro code, he talked yeah. about uh, the sh- a cycle of screaming. Yep. So for me, I, that's something as an adult I think about. Like, yeah, this dude's leaving a comment because he's probably got shouted at somewhere. I don't this I don't really feel too bad for him anymore. But yeah. good show. Like anybody oh, man. It's such a great show. Shot it super well. It's do you question as a creator, do you watch shows and kind of look at them uh content creator wise, like the lighting, the audio? Do you look for mistakes? Do you look for keying and all that? I do on shows that have them more often like if it's uh my wife's really big into like the hgtv like the home shows you know like oh i want to you know i want this home it's three million i make 13 an hour at dunkin donuts you know that whole thing and uh so those shows yes like because there is a lot of mess ups you will see a, a, a shotgun mic in the in the picture and you will get bad audio here and there so those yeah i do more so i i like watching content and my wife can't stand this, but like if we're watching a movie and somebody is in a radio station and she'll look at me waiting and I'll be like, RE20, <laughs> you know, I'll just start reeling off the mics that they are. So I, I more so look for gear that I love more than mistakes and lighting. Lighting, I definitely don't look for because I'm terrible at video. But but yeah, I, a little bit and it's getting a little bit worse the more, you know, time goes by doing this whole YouTube thing. But but no, not not the professional productions i don't get too nitpicky about those yeah i don't get too nitpicky but if a shot is because i've shot short films so if a character is walking in one direction the next frame it's something else i go hey babe look at that and she's like what and i'm like rewind it and she would be like oh my gosh how'd you caught that and my wife does do the whole hey babe what is fresh air i was like it's an npr podcast with terry gross oh, okay and it's just like, hey, babe, what's this NPR joke? And I'm like, it's wait, wait, don't tell me. Then it'll be something like, like, I'm a big NPR guy. And she, anytime she's watching a show and, and they'll reference that or they'll have something like content creator, whether there's a camera, it'll be like Nikon and it'll be, the lens cap will be on, just something obscure. And she'll say, can you tell me what's wrong with here? Is, is this a mic? Is this something they'll be using? Do you, do we own this upstairs? I'll go upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, we have one of those. It's a sure. Yeah. yeah, she's yeah. So I do that. Uh, it's fun. It is fun. Yeah. It's fun to recognize things like that because 
we may not, well, you shoot some short films. I, I don't do anything like that. But, you know, for me watching guys like you and, and watching, you know, the Tom Bucks of the world, I just like saying Tom Buck a lot. Yo, uh, flowers, man. Tom Buck is freaking amazing. He is, man. I, I'm going to tell you something too. And I, and I am very ashamed of this, but I, I talk about it anyways. Me and me and my buddy that do a podcast, we took something that Tom said and we kind of thought it was a, a jerkish remark. We were very wrong. <laughs> but I I talked a little bit of crap about Tom, just about something that I thought was terrible. And and I was so wrong. Whoa. And I'm really whoa. And I'm really glad <laughs> that here. I was a and I'm glad I was a butthole because getting to know that guy has been like the ray of sunshine that I needed to remind me, like, hey. You're not always as good of a person as you think you are. You know, when somebody can show you kindness, even when you've been kind of a jerk, that kind of thing. So I try with those trolls on our, on these channels, not, not to take it too personally. Cause you know, some people, sadly, some people are just very unhappy. So when they're talking crap about you, it's like, man, they, they gotta be unhappy. Like, I wonder if I could just, you know, maybe I could befriend them. There's this dude. That uh, was a very angry guy that was doing microphone videos. What is it? I said Tom is in him, in the house now. Tom's in the hizzy. Uh, but there's this angry guy, and I I tried so hard to befriend him, like, and he just kept being real rude to me. And I was like, man, I got to get through to this guy. Like, I got to break through to him, and maybe, 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 maybe I can bring him some happiness. It didn't work, but if we're not here to show kindness, I'm not really sure what we're here to do. So. Yeah, that, that's I, I say that after I talk about me being a dick, but <laughs> yeah, that that's my whole thing. Like, I'm all about uh, what's the purpose here? Like, I don't hold, I can't hold grudges. Like, it's physically impossible for me to hold grudges because I tell my wife all the time, like, what's the purpose of me carrying this baggage? Like, I'm not sure if you play like RPGs, like video games. I used to. I used Secret of Mana. I don't know if you go back that far, Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, but I used to, but I really fell out of video games, like, like for, I, early thirties. But it's like, uh, you, your care, everything that you have on you is, can help you progress to the next stage, the next level. You carrying a grudge from level one can't help you get to level 26. Is that you have to like, let it go. Hi, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. And, and you do. Cause I mean, that. I don't know, man. Negativity is, it's not sit, not to be all inspirational speaking here, but you hold on to that crap and you're just never going to be fully happy. And I just don't think people, I don't think people think about their happiness quite enough. Like they don't really sit down and think like, what the heck makes me happy? What can I do to make myself happier? What do I got to let go of to make myself happier? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a tough balance and it's a dangerous one when you go on YouTube because you got to get, you got to get the thick skin going on, which luckily I have like very little bothers me. I do a reaction channel, like the whole music reaction thing. Oh my God. You want to talk about some terrible comments? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, I'm either, you know, diabetic at one time. Like dude looks like he ate seven hot dogs before he came on. People are just brutal. No, but what do you do to like stay happy then? Like, Oh me? Yeah. <sighs> God. Uh, Honestly, being blunt makes me very happy. Like yeah. giving people a little dose of truth sometimes, but that also goes both ways. Like giving myself a dose of truth, like when I am a dick or when I do mess up, like owning it, learning from it, you know, just 
But what makes me happy is, uh, I, I, this is so cliche, but my family for one and not settling, like not settling makes me happy. Like I've, I've had jobs where I made six figures and I hated my life when I was in those jobs. And one day, like I was, I was probably almost mid thirties. I used to be a people pleaser and I thought that was happiness, like making everyone happy. Thought that was happiness, but it's not. So, uh, yeah, getting new mics makes me happy as well. Liberty dude. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like when I decided not to be a people pleaser, like eventually you have to be a little selfish and actually give a shit about yourself and actually do stuff for yourself while still being kind to people. But, you know, at, at some point you got to take control of your life and, and not live it for everybody else. So that's what makes me happy is like the fact that I can make six figures and be like, you know what, this is completely detrimental to my life and do what I did in 2018. And I left that job for well below half of what I was making, which was a very normal average paying job in this area. And even though I didn't have very much money, I was, I was just thrilled that I finally did something for me and was like, money doesn't matter. Possessions doesn't matter except for microphones. Um, you know, none of that stuff really matters. And I was like, what the heck makes me happy? And it's, it's, it's everything but money and possessions. Like I drive a little Hyundai accent. It's a 2010. It's on its last legs. The fact that I don't have a car payment makes me happy. And the fact that, you know, I don't care if someone's like, dude, why are you driving that piece of crap? Cause I don't have a car payment and that makes me happy. You know, it's, it's, I don't care about perception and, and, how I look and well, I care a little bit about how I look. You look great. You look great. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I, I mean, you know, I don't go to the store in pajama pants is what I mean by that. Like I refuse to do that, but you know, I want to at least look presentable, but what I drive my home, all that stuff, like none, none of that makes me happy. And I thought, I thought that's just like most Americans. I thought that was happiness up until, you know, about five years ago. What makes you happy, Gil? You mean you said it first, family. Uh, for me, it's just me, my wife, and my dog Lola. And we're animals make me happy. Yeah, Lola's the best. My wife is the best. We've been married for go May would be thir twelve years. May would be twelve years together. Fourteen. Um, so she makes me really happy. Um, one of the best thank you, Liberty. So one of the best things that I learned early on was getting a bunch of clients getting a bunch of gear, getting a bunch of tech, being all over the place. And I realized you're dealing with a lot of unhappy people who see you for your happiness. And not that they're envious outwardly, but they're just more like, so putting you in toxic and stressful situations because they want your happiness in a way. So I realized that just, you know what? Remove yourself from that and just do the things that you want to do. And I'm just going to announce it. I really want to step away from doing client work, man. It's super unnecessarily stressful for no reason. I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you. And I think that goes back to like, sometimes it can sound super crappy, but people do not make me happy because yeah. so many people are unhappy and it's really hard to surround yourself with those folks. And uh, yeah, it, it's tough. Like uh, there's a big difference between me doing a microphone review for I'll shout out Saramonic, um, Saramonic and CAD for that matter. Like those people to work with is amazing. They are cool. They are 
just inviting and have conversations through email. It's not just about what can you do for me and I'll send you this. And then there's there's other companies that have reached out that are just complete opposite. And it just reminds me all the time, like even in this line of work, like there's still potential for someone to bring me down. And I just have to be careful about that. You know, I have to share a story about microphones and contacting a manufacturer. So I had an issue with, uh, with my camera tattoo. Oh yeah. I got Gil, Gil is for real. Tom buckle like that one. But I had an issue with my Samson Q9U microphone. I have an I have an issue with it too, and it's that I don't like it. So I like actually like it, but the thing is, it stopped working. I contacted Samson social media, contacted their uh, their company line, couldn't reach anybody. It really sucked. I was pretty mad and sad. Um, but what ended up happening was when I had issues with my Rodecaster Pro Two, Road was like on the ball. Hey, Gil. Oh man, yeah. I had an issue with my, I had an issue with the Roadcaster, oh, sorry, not the Roadcaster, the Road Wireless Go, the white one, the first edition. Right away, replaced everything clean and good. And Samson never got back to me near their social. Ooh. Nobody. But I mean, it's working now. It's it's now working magically for some reason. They probably came to my house and fixed it before I, you know, I woke up or something like that. I'll, I'll tell you a secret. Samson's one of the companies I don't like working with. Really? Yeah. yeah. They're okay. They're just, the communication's not there. You know, it's real cut and dry. And I appreciate everything. You know, when I say don't like, it's like just less pleasant. But, you know, it's, it's I'm big on communication. Like, if, if you are going to reach out to me, like me and you, you know, like talking through Twitter, hey, let's try out this YouTube live thing. You know what I mean? And that conversation wasn't just, what can Gil do for me? What can I do for Gil? It was like, let's make, let's make a human connection here. Let's do something together. Yeah. You know, we're, we're into some of the same stuff. Let's get to know each other through, you know, experimenting with this whole YouTube live together thing. And, uh, it, that's, that's what it all boils down to for me. And it's like folks on here today, like Tom and Liberty dude and, you know, serotonin talking about the depuching mic, like just, just those little connections, like, it, you know, it needs to be more than just what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Like, you know, the art of conversation is just lost. And that's why meeting you on Twitter and doing this is just like, yeah, I want to know this guy more, you know? Uh, and, and people that reciprocate that back is, that's gold to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You can't, can't sell this. This is just human connection. Like Florida. Yeah. And Ohio. yeah. And it's hard to find. Yeah. It's it's hard to find. Do you see these comments? Yeah, I'm seeing them pop up. Oh, okay. Really likes the... Uh, can't wish I could, like, comment back, though. I was about to say, like, let's let's do that. Let's open up, like, questions for, for Gil. Because where it's on my channel, I imagine some of these... You're not going to get your video questions answered through me, folks. I, I, uh, I film everything with a cell phone, for God's sakes. So, but yeah, uh, no, your Joe said the camera ink is great, which I agree. Maybe I need a microphone tattoo. I've got like, I'm a big fan of the band tool. So I've got a lot of like tool style, weird, trippy art tattoos. Maybe I need a microphone. And why is it 10,000 days? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 
Wait, wait, wait. What? Well, start again. I think when I talk, it cuts you off just a little bit. Uh, start that over. Why do I like what? And then from there. Why do you like Tool? What's your favorite Tool song? And why is it Vicarious? Vicarious? Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, tool is, is just proggy. I like the effort put into long productions. I like the 13-minute songs. I like the jam sessions. I like the odd time signatures. I like polyrhythmic drums, tribal beats. I like all that stuff. Uh, Lateralis is my favorite song and album of all time. But uh, I have tailed off with them. That's more of a like, you know, Jeremy from age 13 to 40. I'm kind of kind of past that a little bit. I'm kind of into got into different stuff lately, more metal, heavier stuff, but then also, you know, softer, like a lot of softer music too. I don't like country. You said country earlier. Got to admit right on the spot. Can't do it. Uh, old, old country and like Sturgill Simpson, like kind of intricate and strange country. I, I, I can dig that, but like most of the modern stuff I can't, can't really get into. All right. Let me, I got some questions here. Um, Tom, I'm still a Nikon shooter because that's the camera I started with. But I have literally five Sony cameras and like maybe, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tool isn't Neil Diamond. <laughs> no, they're not. <sighs> Does anyone know about a Nikon that has 1080p clean out? The D750. A D750 or D850. Uh, the autofocus isn't the best, though. Um, Joe, I'd say that the uh, Nikon D750. Is there a camera, Gil, that has a better mic? You may not know this. Is there a camera that has, like, that's notoriously known for having good mic preamps? Uh, the Panasonic. Like the Lumix series? Yeah, the Lumix series, yeah. So... They just dropped a new camera, too, and I'm so... I saw that on Sweetwater the other day. Because they cost less than my uh, Sony A7Cs, and they're quite literally better in a way. Because, But then again, it's like to get a camera like that, I have to get the new lenses, get a new dummy batteries, and a whole a suite of things versus I have a bunch of Sony stuff already, so it doesn't really make any sense for me to just jump into a new ecosystem. That's the hard part buying a camera and then doing away with your lenses adapters k3m adapters because they don't work with you know the other cameras do you see the sony and canon are they still the autofocus leaders i want to know the answer to that one too uh i i mean i really like uh my sony a7 IV. i got to play around with the a7s3 that's really fantastic I haven't really messed with any Canon cameras. I can't speak on it. I just know that from my gradual growth with Sony, which started with the A7S2 to a A7 III to now a A7 IV, it's leagues better. It's way better than my Nikons. I'll tell you that. I know I know the people in, that are watching and commenting, like if they're into audio or not, but how many of you, like, raise of hands of people watching? Like, who who out there is into video nearly as much as audio or more than audio like i'm curious because i 
I just can't seem to get myself going. And I want to. Camera game is a whopping been chasing the perfect camera for a long, long time. Isn't that what the camera conspiracy guy's doing? He's yeah. all he wants is the perfect camera. Yeah. I love that, that guy's crazy. Yeah. I, I, he's, a, he's very enjoyable. You know, the funny thing, I found him while I was on TikTok for like vegan stuff. He has a big vegan channel. Camera. Did not know that. Yeah, he has a massive. I watch anything he does because I like he could talk about anything and I probably watch it. He's he's really good. Uh, the thing I love about him is it's that he kind of breaks down the science and like uh, create crazy, creepy terms that I understand. Not even lame. He just speaks my language and it just makes sense to me. So. Yeah. He definitely. And that's the thing. I, I, I feel like if I watch enough of you guys, I'll learn enough to the point to where I make the transition into it. I feel you, Liberty, dude. I'm too ugly for video, too. Maybe that's why I don't even want to be in 1080p. I'm trying to roll 480p out there. Um, but yeah, I feel like if I keep watching, maybe I'll eventually, maybe it'll click. Maybe something will click, and I'll be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to dive back into this video thing again. You know, for a very long time, I had, uh, what do you call that, the picture screen? Like My wife was like, you need to put your face on your videos. I'm like, no. <laughs> and I finally did it, and I got a horrible comments because <laughs> of course. Yeah. But eventually I got just used to it and it, it is what it is. It's practice. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think there's some misconception out there with like the whole algorithm thing. Like you got to put your face in the thumbnail. I don't think you do. I think Tom's doing okay without doing too many face thumbnails. Like he mixes it up, but you know, maybe he would dispute that. I don't know. I think there's got to be an underlying passion for video because, yeah, I agree with that. And I don't think I have that passion, but I, for some reason I want it. It's not, it's hundred percent okay to not be into it. And yeah, I'm comfortable not being into it. I just, I guess I feel like if I'm ever going to take another like step towards success on YouTube, I guess I, I feel like maybe that's what's lacking. Maybe I'm wrong. Cause like you said earlier, there's a lot of folks that are just shooting video with whatever and they're, they're, they're killing it. But, I don't know. I guess I just get jealous when I see really good video quality and then I look at mine and I'm like, why the hell does any company contact and, and want me to do a mic video? You know, like, that, must be that that's what she said jokes. That's all I can figure. No, for me, I get the opposite. I'm just like, wow, this person has uh, no lighting, no camera quality, no mic etiquette, no camera etiquette. And then they have massive engagement. Why? And then I realize it's all about story and it's all about their purpose and what they're trying to put out there. Like we spoke about earlier. Yeah. So, yeah, again, I think that's where I'll probably sleep on this and wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, I'm done worrying about my video. Gil, who's a video guy convinced me to quit worrying about my video. Yeah. It's totally fine, man. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Content is always King. Maybe, yeah. maybe that, maybe that's the truth. Liberty dude, that must be the truth. I'm going to start. I saying don't want to, what is it? I'm gonna start saying content is queen because I like the queen band. Just the still like the band queen. Yeah, the band queen. Best okay. front man, best front man of all time. Yeah, bar none. Not even close in my book. Freddie Mercury, best front man that ever lived. Really? Yeah. What's your favorite uh, rock rocks uh, song? Favorite rock song? That's tough, man. Uh, that's too tough. There's too many. 
like favorite pure rock band. I'm a massive Foo Fighters fan, so I guess I'll say anything by them. But for me, it's Everlong. Is that what? Yeah, your favorite rock song. I really love Everlong. I, I will listen no, to that. No, I'm co- I'm cool with it. I'm just surprised because I just said I'm like the massive Foo Fighters fan, and then you say your favorite rock song is Everlong. Yeah, oh, well, it's it's a hand toss between Everlong, uh, Pearl Jam, Black. If you're listening, oh to that. my god, that's my wife's favorite song of all time. Gil, we were meant to talk tonight. <laughs> Seriously, man. The, yeah. Oh god, the the unplugged version of Black where he's writing on his arm. That's a moment. I love that song. Uh, then I mean, there's so much music out there that I just love. There's a guy named Patrick O'Hearn. He does like electrical, like bass music. It's freaking awesome. If anybody yeah. ever looked him up, he's amazing. I I've got an appreciation for just about any kind of music out there. Again, country's difficult for me. Um, so the country I, I love is John John Party. Right. Oh, John, okay. He's a younger guy. So he's kind of new and he does storytelling. He's like, to me, it's, it's hip hop, old school hip hop storytelling. And he has a song called old hat. How it's, it's, it's one of those things. You just have to check it out. John party, old hat, go check it out. I like it. It's I will. Cause I do like storytellers and there is exceptions like Chris Stapleton. I think that guy is one of the best voices out there right now. I don't know much of his music, but yeah. When he sings, I feel it. Yeah, uh, I thought you were going to say John Prine when you were talking about John Party. And John Prine, shout out to my Appalachian brother that was on here earlier from Kentucky. I didn't know I liked John Prine until the other day watching his YouTube radio DJ channel. But I like old country, like Johnny Cash and stuff like that. I do love hip hop. Uh, I've got a massive love for the Beastie Boys and Jurassic 5. Uh, God, Fiona Apple. Fiona Apple is one of my favorite artists of all time. That yeah. that's, and that's, I think that speaks to, you know, just how great music can be, even if it doesn't fall in one certain wheelhouse. But yeah, what's I, Tom Buck's favorite music? Was that? I said, what's Tom Buck's favorite music? Uh, we all know. I was just asking to see if you knew. Aqua Aquabats, but nailed it, nailed it. But I'm trying to remember the, the name of the uh, the genre. Um, ska? Ska music, yes. Yeah. yeah. I was big into that when I was growing up. Went to a lot of ska concerts. I didn't know what it was until um, he was talking about it on the podcast. And I was like, oh, but then again, I'm, I live in Florida, so. Oh, my God. He said he saw him for the 23rd time a few weeks ago. That's insane. But dope. That's a lot. Yeah. Have you seen Pearl Jam Live since you love Black so much? No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I have once. To a concert. What? I've only been to storytelling concerts, like like the Moth or like a TED Talk. Though yeah. I've been to a music concert because, to be honest, maybe 15 years ago, I just got into music. Yeah, so I never really listened to music growing up. Um, that's a different podcast. <laughs> it's just that Man. one. Yeah. You've got to get yourself to a concert. Yeah, that's uh, uh, some of the best memories I've got. Just period are concerts. Yeah, like one concert that I would really love to go to is uh, who was it? Um, not Green Day. Well, at the time, uh, My Chemical Romance was in Miami. I had an opportunity to go. 
didn't get a chance to go. Uh, and then Foo Fighters was in my neighborhood playing, and I just didn't get a chance to go. I've been to comedy stand-ups. I've been to uh, Moth Radio Hour. I'm not sure if you ever heard of that. Yes, so I have. Yeah, I've been to Moth a couple times. So I've been to like stuff like that, but as far as like listening to my favorite artists and listening to them in live, never. Yeah, Foo Fighters is a good show. Um, yeah, My Chemical Romance would be a great show. I was yeah. big into them, you know, I, when they were at their height. They're, I love Ghost of You. Um, just a, what's it? Nah, 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 nah. I love that song from that last album. It's freaking amazing. Yeah. I don't know. Music is great. It's fantastic. It is. It is. Did you just not have access to it before? Nah, it was more religious reasons. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was just more so like I was super heavy uh, into <laughs> into a cult in, in my childhood. So it was just one of those things where it's like, oh. I understand. Huh? I understand. Yeah, it was just more of those things. Where I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to stay away from this. And then I realized as an adult, yeah, none of this matters. Yeah. <laughs> it matters I, to, uh, to a degree, but it's all about you as a person, you know? Yes. I grew up in an apostolic church. And uh, just for context, you know, they like to run around the church screaming and stuff. And, uh, you know, very excitable crowd. And I, they that, that stuff had a hold of me for a minute as a young boy. Like when I did discover Tool, which ended up being my favorite band, their album Undertow, which is just one of the evilest sounding things I think you can listen to. It just sounds like evil, even though it's not. I went through probably eight cassettes because I'd be listening to it. And then I'd be like, not today, Satan. And I'd break my tape in half. <laughs> and it just, it took me a long time to be like, yeah, I, technically you can listen to a, mu a band that's outwardly satanic. And yeah. you don't have to consider yourself to be any less... Uh, what sort I'm looking for, like faithful, I guess, just because of the entertainment you choose. It's not, you know, I don't buy into the fact that like, I'm going to get possessed by a metal band. You know, I can still have my faith and, and, and rock out with those guys. What's the name of the band? Zero. I forget the name. I can't think of it right now. Uh, the song goes, uh, emptiness is loneliness and loneliness is cleansing. Smashing pumpkins. pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. I could have said the name. I remember pulling up, like, like as old when I became older, like listening to the music, like this is evil. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I felt as a kid. I'm like, I can't listen to this. Like, even though it sounds good, I can't do this. This is bad. My church tells me this is bad. My church tells me this is bad. I've got to stop doing it. But yeah, uh, that's one of the main reasons why I grew up not playing video games is because uh, I grew up Seventh Day Adventist. Let's just say that, and that is pretty. Right. <laughs> Uh, seven day Venice to go to church on Friday, Saturday. You, you don't work on Fridays and Saturdays. And you just do nothing but the work. And yeah, it it was tough. I wouldn't say that it it robs somebody of their childhood. It's just that it kind of makes you realize that a lot of these stuff don't really matter. Unconsciously, yeah. turn a lot of these kids into nihilist, which is pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah I, I'm. I'm very outspoken on out on uh, organized religion these days. I'm not a not a fan of it. Just just for me, I'm not an organized religion fan. Like I, I I just I just think so much stuff is misconstrued. Like people act like you can't have faith 
and and be you know yeah. a believer and a higher entity if you don't participate in an organized gathering hard it's it's hard to accept and i had a turning point i wore a uh when i did hit my rebellious stage i wore a marilyn manson shirt to sunday school really yeah and i was very quickly kicked out of that building and told i will not wear that there and it didn't have anything bad on it it's just him you know and i did i did do it as a test but after that like that was it I, I never, I have not been back to church since, except for the occasional Easter, because my wife's really good friend wants us to go on Easter all the time. And it's not anything like, you know, hatred or nothing like that. It's just like, that's just not the place for me. You know, I, I feel much more comfortable having those conversations in my car or at night or, you know, worshiping with other people is not really a thing. I'm not a very good practicer of that either. So nobody get the wrong idea and think Mark's some holy person. I am not, I, I am not at all, but uh, I do have things and I try to be a good person. But you, mentioned, you mentioned podcasting in your car. That's something that I used to do a lot. Uh, back in the day, I would just get in my car with my HTC hero and just record audio. Uh, how do you, you said, what's that whole system you got now? You said you have like it plugged into something? Yeah, I've got um mostly because it was cheap, but I've got a I've got like an old cheap T Mobile phone plugged into a cable that runs into my front glass and it's nice and hidden and tucked away and it runs to a little TC Helicon Go, little tiny like iRig style interface. And then that's running an XLR cord up to my visor, and that's all tucked and hidden away. So then I open my visor and take my XLR cord, plug it into my little uh, camvate, I think, little clamp. Does that make, does that ring a bell? It's like a little, little twisty clamp that clamps on. You can put it on like a boom pole or whatever. And it's, it's got a five eighths threading on it. So I've got a shock mount and a handheld microphone just hanging in front of my face. So it's, it's just a nice little system and I'll just record while I'm driving and just record my thoughts. It's, it's free therapy to me. I have um, my uh, Rode NTG one sometimes connected to like my visor. It, I use these little clips, and I have like an ultra long USB C cable to my iPad or my my laptop, and yep. I just record right there. And it just those thoughts don't go anywhere. They just hey, I just want to record my thoughts. I, I log on to my uh, my Google account sometimes and just see hour long conversations of like that guy was kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, de I definitely feel kind of stupid when I listen back to some of the stuff I record. So I'm like, my God, like I hopped in, hopped in my car the other day and I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I, it's, it's from like the very beginning of, of viral videos on the internet, but I got in my car. Don't feel bad if you don't know it. Cause I, I, I hope you don't know it, but I got in and I just had this random thought I was getting in my car and I was like trying to think of what I like the most between two mics. And the phrase I like the most got stuck in my head. So I got my car, I hit record. And as soon as, as soon as it started recording, I just looked at the camera and I was like, you know what I like the most? Cake farts. Cake farts. <laughs> I don't, I'm glad you don't know. Okay. Trust me. I'm waiting for a comment down below. Somebody's going to know because somebody didn't know on the video. They responded. It's gross. I'm not going to go into it, but we'll just say a girl farted into a cake. That's it. 
and it was a viral video. And uh, yeah, it just randomly popped into my head. And I say stupid stuff like that all the time. And and rather than keep it to myself, I'm like, you know what? Somebody will get enjoyment out of me just uttering the phrase cake farts. Yeah. I'll post it. I'll put it on YouTube. Well, let's see how the algorithm handles that one. See how the algorithm. <laughs> uh, I don't want to keep you all night, man. You, Whenever you're ready, you do what you need to do. Uh, this, this has definitely been fun. You can talk about whatever you want. We can stay a little while longer. You can go. Just know that I don't I don't expect you to hang around if you got stuff to do. Oh no, no, I'm good. Just have to, you know, probably what time is it now? Oh yeah. 10, probably, yeah, I have to get going. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy for time to just fly by. I actually need to record this mic because uh a guy named Mike Freddie, thank you, Mike, sent this over for me to to uh test out. This is the first time I've talked into it. So I'm gonna do this video, I guess, after we get off here and have something to release in a couple of days. All right. All right, man. I appreciate it. Let me know when the next time you want to do this. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime I'm sitting up here doing nothing, always, always fun to chat. This is how uh, this is how those connections start. This is how I've you know I've made people made friends of, with people I actually care to talk to yeah. <laughs> instead of here in Ohio where I'm trying to avoid everybody. Thanks, Tom. Tom says awesome stream. When Tom Buck says awesome stream, you know it's because of Gil. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yep. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, right. th- yeah, thanks for hanging out with me, man. It was awesome to meet you in person rather than just being a, you know, just the Twitter contact. So very cool. Now when I watch your videos, I'll be like, Yeah, yeah, I remember when I talked to Gil about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna send you a couple of videos of that uh XLR adapter too. Yes, please do. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for joining me, man. I'll see you later. Thanks for everybody that watched. Appreciate it highly. Ending the live stream, and I'm going to go to church. I need to go. I need to go repent.